Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So good evening and welcome to Cholton Live on your Thursday evening. It's a Cholton Live special because the Addicts have announced their brand new manager Nigel Adkins has joined the club on a two and a half year deal. We'll be chatting about his arrival. We're going to hear from the new boss. We're also going to hear from the owner Thomas Sangard. And of course look ahead to the game with AFC Wimbledon and briefly look back at the 3-2 win over Bristol Rovers on this week's pods. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me. On the show this week to discuss our new arrival in the dugout. First up, Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Oh, yeah, boys. How's yeah, all going? good, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different. Um, obviously, it feels like ages since I spoke to him. Was it Monday, wasn't it? On Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, no, good. I'm happy, happy with things are going. On to Saturday. Next 10 games. Here we go. Yeah, excited. So finished top. Oh, mate, 100%. If people do, you know, if people read up on it, it's going to be good, mate. Heard it here first. Excellent stuff. And also joining us to discuss the arrival of Nigel Adkins at the Valley is Mr. Lewis. How are you doing, Lou? How are you feeling about the, the new manager? Yeah, positive, mate, to be honest. It's been a bit of a roller coaster week, hasn't it? You know, Bo going, massive negative, then the win on Tuesday and then a new manager today. So it's been been very up and down. But yeah, like Nath, I'm, I'm fairly excited by it. I'm feeling pretty positive, yeah. Excellent stuff. So let's hear... From Nigel Adkins straight away, shall we? The Addicts boss, the new Addicts boss, only announced this morning, had his press conference uh, this afternoon, uh, and he was asked what it was about the Addicts that tempted him back into management after two years out of the game. First of all, I didn't want to leave Hull. I think that was made publicly clear at the time. You know, I wanted to see if we could dream to get back to the Championship, F to the Premier League. Uh, so I made a decision, having been offered a contract there, to, you know, to leave on good terms. And from my point of view, going back to the the Premier League, I wanted to be in a championship club that could give us ourselves the opportunity. So I was getting offered jobs in uh, League One and League Two and abroad. And there was two clubs in the championship that we were very close to joining, but COVID gave everybody a big problem. So uh, from my point of view, when you know um, Thomas got in touch, Jed Roddy got in touch, it was uh, the vision for the football club was really exciting. So, and it's happened very, very quickly. So uh, from my point of view, it's the right time. It's the right vision. Now we've got a lot of work to do, you know, and we, I might not be here when we get to that situation further down the line, but it's really exciting that I can be part of the process to help build, get the building blocks in place and say the pathway for the, for the youngsters. But, you know, the academy here has been excellent. And what we've got to do is make sure we keep driving that on and make sure we've got a good process that's in place. You know, we want to get the, the Valley full of supporters, but they want to enjoy watching the football as well. So we want to try and play a way that is enjoyable to watch. However, you've got to win as well, you know. So you might want to be expansive and exciting, but if you're getting beat every week, there is a problem. So you've got to get that fine balance. So there is short-term situations, but the long-term side of it is there's a great vision. You know, it's in place. You know, there's no time frame, but there's a vision. So it's great. We know where we're going. Getting the environment right, getting the culture right, recruiting the right way, developing your own, you know, and embracing the community. 
You know, it's the, it's the supporters' football club. They've had to have some real challenging times over the last, you know, few years. So now there's, you know, like everybody, we need a little bit of hope, a little bit of something to look forward to. There's no time frame. However, like everything, we live in a world that we want everything yesterday. But if we can do the right process, if we can put the building blocks in place, if we can surround ourselves with good people, if we can make it an environment where people can flourish, can learn, not be fearful of making mistakes, and all be together, you know, together everyone achieves more. It could be really exciting. And, uh, you know, in the COVID world that we live in, sometimes it's nice to have a smile on our faces and have something to look forward to. And in terms of the, the short-term vision, 10 matches left to play. I mean, automatic promotion seems a little bit far off at the moment, but is the target to, to stay in these, pl- in these playoff places? Well, listen, having been promoted four times myself, three times in this division, I know that when you get to the last 10 games of the season, you know, you might be top of the league or second in the league or you're chasing the players. I mean, oh, we just need another game. Oh, we just need another game. And the strange results. And likewise, the teams below us in the league have got maybe two, three, four games in, in hand to play. However, we know what it's like when you play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, every three games. It can one injury can really affect your group. Fatigue can affect your group. So maybe we've played more games. It gives us an opportunity to be fresh, maybe going into some of the games. And likewise, we've got the teams above us to go and play. So it's an exciting time. You know, maybe at the start of the season, Charlton Athletic nearly went out of existence. I'm sure everybody at the start of the season would have loved to have been in this situation right now. You know, and it's exciting what the future could hold. So let's remember, you know, where it's been and just see if we can just bring the best we've got every day and just give it our best shot in the short term, mindful of the long term, where we want to get to and putting the building blocks in place to try and make it really exciting in the future for Charlton Athletic. And as you said, you've been in this situation before. You've got sides out of this division with 10 matches left to play. What is the key when it comes to making sure you're there or thereabouts come that final day of the season? Well, it helps if you've got your, your players available for selection. It helps with the fit. It helps with the fresh. You know, that's, that's a big thing, your key players. Listen, defence wins championships. Goals wins games. You've got, to, you've got to be good at both. You need a bit of fortune along the line. You might need a decision to go your way. You've got to get momentum. It's great to get momentum going into, especially the playoffs. So going on that run, I know when we got promoted out of this division with Scunthorpe United via the playoffs. You know, we were beaten in the Johnson's Plate uh, Trophy final six weeks before um, the last game of the season. You know, we could have gone out, but we kept the momentum. We won the last game of the season to be in the playoffs. Then we beat MK Dons. Then we beat Millwall at Wembley. And then we get promoted to the Championship, which is great. It's about momentum. It's about belief. I watched um, a little bit on the Valley Pass the other night of the game. They've gone 2-0 down. The resilience and the character. Johnny Jackson did a great job at keeping the team, you know, they just lost the manager and Johnny's kept them all together and you could see the spirits amongst them. The captain, Pierce, I saw, I saw one incident where he's jumped up and uh, for a header, another header, he's had to go and, um, go and dominate and win. But he's landed awkwardly on his ankle. He's gone off the pitch for a bit of treatment, but he's hobbled back on and then he's headed the next three or four headers. The warrior spirit that you need and you could see that amongst the players. You know, against all things, they could have easily lost it. Great save by Ben Amos in goal. Keeps them in it. You know, a bit of fortune maybe. Ball gone past the post. But they rallied around each other. So there's a spirit amongst the players. 
which is great. And that can take you a long way. There's goals in the team. We try and keep some clean sheets and just have that bit of fortune. You just never know. That's the new Charlton manager then, Nigel Adkins, speaking to the press uh, this morning. Uh, obviously, his full press conference will be available on uh, on Valley Pass probably probably by now. Um, so make sure you check that out. But uh, yeah, it, you know, joins the club. You know, he's got um, he's got he's got promotions from this division under his belt, as we heard there. He's got promoted three times, I think, twice with uh, Scunny, is it, and once with uh, Southampton from this league, and then he got promoted again uh, with Southampton. Um, so. Yeah, what what are we saying? Are we overwhelmed, underwhelmed, or are we whelmed, Nathan? How are we? I'm sweet. I'm sweet with that. I mean, um, I mean, we spoke on the other day about it, didn't we? Looking at the list of names, and in my opinion, I didn't want the the jackets of the Harrises or the you know, or hopefully not the Cowleys. And um, so yeah, I think we've just got to sit back sometimes and realise where we are. And uh, I think it's a good. It's a good appointment. Um, I know he's been out of the game in a while, but you know you don't become a bad manager out you know overnight. A lot of fans like him. He comes well uh, with good good regards from other teams and staff. Um, and, and like you said, he's been promoted. He's a positive person. Um, before I even you know he came on the scene, I've looked at his a, a few of his videos on Twitter. Which I mean, I know it sounds a bit cringy, but. Some of the positive mindset he does, like he does things like you do three things a day and stuff like that, which I've actually used. Not every day, but he's actually quite inspiring in a way. Um, not blowing his trumpet too much. Let him settle in first. But um, no, I'm really impressed. And you look at the look at the names that he's worked with. I mean, he rattled a few off on on on, on the Valley Pass thing on the on the interview, and he, he's got good pedigree. He brings youth players in. I think. At one stage, he bring he brought ten youth products through the system. Names of that you'll probably recognise is Michael Hector, who's at Fulham. Jake Cooper, who's at the other lot down the road. Jack Stacey, you know, he's he oversaw the development of James Ward Prowse, Luke Shaw, uh, Jack Stevens. So um, he's got good pedigree, and he's at a right club um, to develop the youth. I'm not saying he's going to come in and put Aaron Aaron Henry centre midfield on Saturday. Of course, I he might might do, but. Um, I just think it, it's a good platform and it's it's a good fit. Um, and I think that's what Thomas was looking for. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm actually quite excited um, how it goes. I think it's good. Obviously, we were, sort of, me and Tom and probably others were looking towards more next season. Um, but, yeah, we're in, a, we're in a position now where we could possibly do something. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to get too excited. And um, but, yeah, it's positive. It's a step in the right direction, and um, I'm quite glad that it's been done. And, obviously, if Bowyer, uh, if, Bowyer, <laughs> if Jacko stays, it's also another positive. So, I reckon it's good, positive, keep the positive mind frame, and I think we're going to be all right, mate. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Lewis, what's been your initial reaction then to, to Nigel Adkins joining today? Obviously, we saw him, you know, very low in the odds ever since sort of yesterday and um, announced finally today. Is this uh, Does this tickle your pickle? Well, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think similar to Nave, really. I think it's a, a positive, um, a, a positive manager to bring in. Really, um, you see a lot of his social media presence. He's quite an inspiring guy. Um, did an incredible job at, at Southampton and at Scunthorpe. Came through as a, as a physiotherapist, didn't he? I remember that being like a well documented story. Um, and I think he'll work really well within within our football club. He's a very positive manager with with you know a, a really ambitious mindset which is similar to to Thomas really I, I think 
in terms of characteristics, uh, characteristics, him and Thomas are, are very similar. They've both got the same ambition, the same drive. They're both fairly positive people. Um, so in Sangard's eyes, I think it's the perfect appointment. I think that now that it's been confirmed, Johnny Jackson's staying, that's another incredible positive. And not just for us, but for him as well, because I think he'll really develop um, even more as an assistant manager and as a coach under someone with Nigel's experience of, of promotions and promotion to the Premier League and developing young players. Um, and all in all, I think it suits all parties. We've got an experienced manager with a with a credible CV at this level that's going to promote the youth team, which we're so proud of uh, at this football club, uh, and also develop a young manager that, that we were kind of dreading would would go with, with Lee to Birmingham. Luckily, that isn't the case. I think we were all fairly convinced it would be, so... To get that news on top of the announcement today was the was the icing on the cake, wasn't it? So, I think everything really it fits quite nicely. And and as Nate says, I mean this season we've we've put ourselves right back in the hunt in that top six. Yes, the teams around us have got some games in hand, but they're the ones that are going to feel the pressure now because they've got those games to try and pull away. We've we've been in that position ourselves earlier on in the season when we had a fair amount of games in hand over everybody else and. We didn't take advantage of that. And there's no means to say that that won't happen to the other sides. Donny just above us have lost Darren Moore as well. So going through a bit of a patch. And we've put ourselves in a good position now. The pressure's off of us, I think, a little bit. We've got back in that top six. The teams around us have got it all to play for. The pressure may hit them. All we can do is win what's in front of us. And under a manager like Nigel Adkins, who's got that experience, maybe we will make more of a um, of a cemented playoff push than we first planned. Because a few weeks ago, we were talking that, you know, maybe that top six dream was over and we'd have to maybe resign ourselves to another another season in League One. That may still well be the case, but I think we've got a lot more of a shout now. There were positive signs on Tuesday and, and I'm sure Nigel will want to build on that on Saturday. And having Johnny Jackson next to him as well, I think it's a huge positive for the football club. Mm, yeah, great that, that Jacko stayed and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about him shortly. Uh, Nathan, uh, when we did this emergency podcast on Monday following the departure of uh, Lee Bowyer, um, Nigel Adkins' name wasn't mentioned by anyone. It wasn't mentioned by us. It wasn't mentioned by anyone emailing in. Uh, you know, it's... Um, it's not. It's it's one that came a little bit out of the blue, you know, until sort of yesterday when all these uh, all the odds started changing and whatnot. Um, so slightly left field. I mean, is it is it expected? We've got some we've got some fans who are going to email in and say they're a bit underwhelmed. Other fans are very excited now, having looked a bit more into him. He's not probably like the the household name that people were expecting at first. If if we're being honest, I think you know under Thomas Sangard, he's whipped up this this frenzy of excitement around the club since he's he's come into the place. That at the back of your mind, we're thinking we're going to get the next Lionel Messi in manager form, you know. But but you know, safe pair of hands done it in this division. It's surprised by by his arrival, considering no one really thought about it a couple of days ago. Yeah, of course. I think. Um... I mean, if we if we cast our minds back to that Tuesday, and we and we genuinely genuinely looked at that list, and thought, right, which ones are realistically going to happen? I was saying, you know, if Thomas goes big with Wilder, or you know, how then it's a big statement. But realistically, it wasn't really going to happen. Um, and then you looked at all the other act. What Laudrup was in there was, you know, he's why would people you know, wanting him that much when he's been out of the game for a long time. So, and then you come to the likes of, you have all the Harrises and all that jazz, but really the only real ones that stuck out was going to be Jacko or Kirbishley. But 
people are going, well, oh, he's been out of the game for a while, you know, Adkins. But Kerbishley has, he's been out longer. So, yeah, I know he knows the club, etc., etc. So, but yeah, you're going to have put people are underwhelmed and that's, you know, that's fair enough. But it's down to, to Nigel and the players to obviously win that around. Because no matter what appointment you're going to get, not everyone's going to be overwhelmed. You'll have, we could have got blooming. You know, Pep Guardiola and people would have gone like, oh, we should we should really get someone who knows the club and knows the division and all that. You're always, you're never going to please anyone, um, everyone rather. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think just give him time. You know, he's hardly get his feet under the table and, you know, people are um, not too, you know, not too happy. But let's hope that, you know, with the performances on the pitch, with his positive mindset, you know, he, put, he puts it, I mean, it's been well documented that Lee has, you know, been quite vocal of some of the performances of some of the players it doesn't look like Nigel's that sort of player he's one of those you know really positive gets the best out of players encourages hard work um, encourages doing it for the shirt do it for the club which is saying all the right things and if you know along the way if he can try and motivate the players which I think he looks like he does looking at the pictures that the club put out looks like he's you know smiling and laughing with with Darren Prattley and I know it's a picture but it looks like it's a really positive move, and um, only they can change it, and hopefully they can change the minds of the, you know, the doubters, which you know they're entitled to have that opinion. Of course they are, um, but let's hope that it um, gets off a good start on Saturday. Yeah, well, it's ten games to go, isn't it, Lewis? Um, new manager bounce is, is a phrase that's thrown around a lot. Whether it's actually a, a phenomenon that actually exists, we, it's hard to say. But you know, if if it does. We could use that going into the, this this run towards the end of the season. You know, he wasn't making any promises, was he? In in the in in the press conference that we're definitely going to make the playoffs, which is the sort of thing that Bo actually did. I remember when he first came in, he'd, he'd always sort of make quite quite brash promises and and, and aim for the stars. But he, I think Nigel realizes that we've got a very good chance if if we can sort of hold our nerve and you know maybe get a bit of luck along the way in terms of of the sides that are, that are chasing us. Yeah, exactly that. I I think that. As we've said, he's coming in at a fairly critical time. There's 10 games left to play. We've got Wimbledon Saturday and then a bit of an international break, which would give him a good opportunity to to sit back and, and assess what he has with him, um, what players we have, maybe what players uh, you want to bring up from Jason's under-23s. There's, there's a lot of potential at this football club. Um, and obviously the club's been neglected for such a long time that it's a real transition period. And bringing in someone like like Nigel Atkins. I mean, he oversaw a huge rebuilding um, exercise at Southampton when they had their issues. You know, the season before he was there, they'd started on minus points under Alan Pardew and, and had missed out on on promotion. He came in and, and he got them promoted and they were, they were a real force to be reckoned with and he got them all the way up to the Premier League. And there's no guarantees that that, that story's going to repeat itself with us at all. You know, it could take twice as long. It, it might not happen under him whatsoever. But I think... The main focus for now is, is going to be how we finish this season. And also, with the amount of players he has out of contract in the summer, like I say, the, the next kind of fortnight after this uh, after the Wimbledon game, it's going to be a good time for him to maybe sit down with, with Jacko and, and Andy Marshall and the rest of the staff and, and maybe start planning for the summer uh, and what players he may want to keep beyond next season. And he's only going to have, have had a game under him at that point. So he's going to rely heavily on the likes of, of Jacko and, and Andy Marshall. And, and that further backs up why I feel it's even more important that they're both, that they're staying. I don't know about Andy Marshall for sure, but Jacko definitely. Um, and we, we're in our hands, as I say, I mean, we've, we've got the capability to go on a run now, I think, 
we've got this game against Wimbledon on Saturday, which won't be as easy as maybe we all make out because I know they're bottom, but we know how we how we tend to do against sides that are struggling. Um, and then we've got a break to recharge, and then and then we hit a really heavy schedule where we play pretty much every side in the top ten. So it's going to be a real challenge, um, but also a very good opportunity for him to see what he's working with. And if we do end up, you know, getting in the top six at the end of the season, then I think we'll be fairly equipped for the playoffs. You know, if if it doesn't happen this time around, then we've got a huge rebuilding job in the summer, which um, I think Nigel Atkins is a, a really good person to oversee. Mm, yeah, it's funny, actually, you, you mentioned the game against Wimbledon, of course. I, one thing that did warm me to Nigel uh, during the press conference this afternoon was when he talked about going to Wimbledon and ticking off the new ground. I was like, oh, it's just like me. So obviously, obviously wants to do the 92 at some point. Um, yeah, mentioned Jacko there, of course. Um, Lewis did, Nath. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's no secret that word behind the scene this week has been very much that if Jacko didn't get the job, the managerial job, then he'd be off to Birmingham as well. You know, and Lee wanted him there by the sounds of it. Um, at times, it sounded like Jackson w- would probably go if he didn't get this job. Now, all of a sudden, he has stayed. Um, so I'm guessing Thomas has said something to, to, to Jacko to persuade him to stay and and to make out that, you know, one day this managerial job could well be his, but, you know, we want him to stick around. I mean, it's it's a massive thing for the fans. I mean, when I, when I was talking to Jacko on Tuesday after the game against Bristol Rovers and there were, you know, bits about whether I'm here or not, you know, indicating that he could leave, it was, it was heart-wrenching to think that Jackson could not be part of this club. Yeah, uh, just on back on to uh, Adkins quickly. I, he's probably ticking off the grounds, but I bet he don't have as many mugs as you've got. But um... uh, I don't know. <laughs> it does strike me as the type who might have a mug collection. Who knows? Yeah. I'll ask, when I see him on Saturday, I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, back on to um, uh, Jacko. Yeah, I think it is important, and obviously for the fans' aspect, because obviously what Jacko's done for the club, and he's been there, and he's seen that he's done it, um, and he's obviously a, you know a legend. Um, here at the club, and rightly so. Uh, also on the footballing side, I think it's so important having Jacko here because coming in, so obviously Nigel will know, you know, he, see, he saw the game on Wednesday and he'll probably know a few of the players that, you know, he mentioned Gunter in his presser and he knows some of the players, he's not going to be blind to it, but there you're going to have little spits of snippets of information that Jacko will have on strengths, on weaknesses, how they've played, what they've done wrong, what they've tried, what they haven't tried. And um, that's going to be key to Nigel. Um, especially for Saturday, because he's only going to have what a day tomorrow. They're going to have a light session, probably set pieces and analysis. But and then today he had the first intro session, so he's not going to be able to get all of his ideas across or um, to see where we failed before. So I think it's key having Jacko there, so he can be a shoulder to lean on and to get some information that he'll need and probably aid him in making decisions for Saturday and beyond. So um, yeah, glad that Jacko's staying. Um, I think it's the key to, and I think Nigel will probably be really happy that he's staying as well. So, yeah, positive, positive um, for Jacko staying in, in both counts on the footballing side and on a personal note as well. Excellent stuff. Right, the man who has been making plans for Nigel uh, this week is, of course, Thomas Sangard. We were saying on 
Monday's emergency podcast, how fascinating this decision will be to see uh, which way Mr. Sangard goes with it. His first uh, managerial appointee uh, since uh, coming into football, taking over at the club. He was asked uh, today during the press conference, uh, Thomas Sangard, what it was about uh, Nigel Atkins that made him uh, give him the Charlton job. That's obviously uh, the number one for me. Uh, Nigel's experience is extremely important. Um, But also Nigel's personality very upbeat, uh, really. Nigel has a, a winning personality, and um, that that that's one of those things that you you, you can't just put put in a spreadsheet. <laughs> um, it, it's really the, the impact he we know that he's had in the past on players and staff, and that I want to uh, to, to to repeat here at at at, at Chelsea. Um, what Nigel said uh, a number of times, but this uh, this is this is very exciting times. It's very exciting times for for Charlton. It's exciting times uh, for the fans, as, as as he also mentioned. This is this is all about the fans, and this is the fans' club that um, we 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 will continue to play positive, attacking uh, football. And I think with um, with Nigel on board, we can not only expect that we'll, uh, we'll keep increasing the probability that we'll, we'll be winning games and therefore increasing the probability of, of getting promoted, but we all, it, it's also one of those building blocks to be building for the future, uh, where we'll be integrating uh, the younger players from the academy even more than before and, um, and, 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 and start working even more with the individual players as to their personal development plans, et cetera, eventually getting us even better results on the pitch. Um, so those are the things that, that really attracted me about uh, Nigel. Um, and as we, he said, it's, for me, it was important to get clarity very quickly. Uh, he clearly stood out uh, compared to the other candidates we were looking at um, here in in the last few days. So um, for me, Nigel was an obvious choice. What can you tell me about the recruitment process in, in place that led to the appointment of Nigel? You signed up to the Football Leadership and Diversity Code last November, of course. Yeah, that's right. The, the process we've gone through, um, it you, you could say uh, softly started six or eight weeks ago where we, um, or, or I started looking at would you consider a depth chart? Uh, so what's available out there in case you need to, to, to look at, at this? It's not just the players you need to do that with. Uh, the manager is, is, is just as important. So um, um, Nigel was, was obviously one of, I believe we had five or six, that, uh, six, six people we, uh, or I interviewed and um, uh, of, 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 of different um, Diversity. I, I just went through the same process in um, on, on the women's team. We just appointed a new new manager, a new head coach uh, for for our women's team, and um, it, it was pretty easy having done all this preparation to then get get through an interview process with with uh, with the, uh, the the top candidates and and then uh, uh, getting into the final negotiating with, uh, with Nigel Atkins. Um, so it's it's for, it has fortunately not been a uh, stressful process. Obviously, you get taken a little by surprise when when your your manager takes another job and, and, and gives you just a few hours' notice um, to to react in. 
Um, but because I was fairly prepared, it, um, it, it, it was not a, a stressful a period to, to quickly get to the point of clarity. So clarity for the staff, for the players and for the fans, uh, that's, that's always important. Were you disappointed with how Lee Bowyer left the club? You mentioned there that you were left with a very little amount of time, a small, short, short window in which to make an appointment because it's a critical part of the season. Um, no, you can't really be that. It's, when, it, when it comes to those type of issues, uh, it's business, right? And um, he obviously needed to make sure he had another job before you <laughs> turn in your resignation. So just the, the nature of how that kind of that kind of things flows, um, that goes for any kind of business uh, that, that you're in. Um, your employees are not going to tell you beforehand that they, they might take another job in six months because it might impact their, their career, right? So uh, it's, it's just the nature of it. Um, and uh, you just have to be prepared as an organization to deal with it. And unfortunately, uh, I believe I was in a good position to, uh, to deal with it. And, and, and I actually find probably the best, the, the best person um, in, in, in the industry to, to take on the leadership here at, uh, at Charlton and, and, and keep building on, on, or I should say, rebuilding this club back to uh, where it needs to be. Do you regard Birmingham City, though, as a step up, a major step up from, from Charlton? I mean, it's possible that this summer you could swap divisions. Yeah, I mean, just look at it objectively. Uh, we have a, a realistic chance of getting promoted uh, we would need to get get to the playoffs. Obviously, uh, we won't get automatic uh, promotion, but we have a realistic chance of getting promoted. And if Birmingham ends up uh, getting relegated, we won't even be playing them next season. That's why. Right. But um, so we'll we'll see how it all plays out. There's obviously a um, twenty to, to answer that question, twenty three additional teams in each of those two divisions that will have a say on how that all goes. There we go, big Tommy there speaking to the press uh, during the press conference earlier on today. Um, yeah, Lewis, in, in obviously his first decision, um, you know, I said, I said earlier, he's full of excitement and, and uh, you know, he whips up this sort of frenzy around everything. But at the same time, obviously he'll lean on the likes of Jed Roddy, who, who Nigel has, has mentioned that he knows. They weren't at Reading at the same time, but they know each other uh, through, through other ways. Um you obviously would have lent on him to make that decision. But, you know, it feels like Thomas, you know, he's not gone out and done something crazy, like giving the job to, I don't know, Dennis Romadal or just some random Danish person. Uh, you know, he's gone to someone with, with a proven track record in League One and what we're hoping will be a safe pair of hands for the job. Yeah, exactly that. And and as you rightly mentioned, with, with the decision, it is a huge decision for him to make fairly early on in his tenure. I mean, you, you go back to to Roland, um, which, I mean, we don't want to compare the two, but we we kind of do because when Powell left, it was very much sort of who would come in and he opted for someone he knew in Jose Riga and the whole network circus then obviously went on and on. So with Thomas, it, it kind of felt, it was interesting to see what way he would go because when I was seeing the likes of Michael Laudrup and stuff, you know, touted about, I was thinking, well, that's, that's a strange one, and I do hope it isn't just because there's some Danish connection, because that would remind me of of the Roland days. Um, so it, it was huge, and obviously from a, a fan's perspective as well, you're losing a manager that's been successful here. I mean, this season, of course, hasn't maybe gone the way we have, we would have liked, but when you look at where we were in September, I don't think we're doing too bad. Um, but it's a manager that holds a lot of fond memories, you know, 
as as Tom and Nath mentioned uh, and yourself mentioned on the the emergency pod with with Boya, you, you're not just losing a manager; you're losing a manager that hold that was part of a huge stage of a lot of Charlton fans' lives with that Wembley final and and that season was. I know, as Tom said, some of the best times of my of my Charlton supporting life, and there'll always be that affiliation with Bo. And replacing that is never easy because, especially with Thomas, this man with ambition and and the plan to get in the Premier League, the expectation and the bar is set by him as well as the supporters. So, you know, there's been mentions of people being slightly underwhelmed, etc. But as Nave said, you do have to kind of be realistic here. And I think out of the the candidates that I saw on on the the betting odds which you can never really go off massively no names really were jumping out that were that were realistic apart from you know maybe Danny Cowley um there was you know Chris Powell was in there for a bit Wilder was there but I didn't really see that happening and and Adkins wasn't really about and when he started coming into it I kind of remembered actually I was like oh I completely forgot that he was out of work um and he does bring a lot I mean as we've said already the, the achievements at Southampton and Scunthorpe were were really impressive um and his sort of track record with with promoting youth and and building clubs and and you see the supporters i mean the people i've spoken to that are southampton fans that i work with uh, have got nothing but positive things to say about nigel atkins and were were pretty gutted when he was when he was sacked and replaced with pochettino and mm. you know he he got them in that position and they've stayed there ever since and I, I think he's someone that's good at building a foundation for a football club and hopefully he can do that here and I do think that Thomas has not just got a decent appointment at this level but someone that can stick around for a while and, and help stabilise a club that's been neglected for so long We're talking to people who've got nothing uh, but good things to say about Nigel Adkins I have to say that one of our number, one of the Charlton Live crew does not uh, form part of that group. Benji Cloak right so me and, so I've seen so me and Nigel go back a long way actually you, you have walked past me once uh, back in 2012, getting on a train at Euston. Uh, and I remember that, that rung a bell. So I, I put it into Twitter and found the tweet. I said, Nigel Atkins just walked past us at Euston. He's getting on our train. Fascinating tweet from me back in the day. But then Benji said, good, uh, good, I ain't on your train. I hate the man. So, well, Benji Cloak, <laughs> he's going to have to try and win him over now, isn't he? Uh, it, it, it's going it, to be an interesting battle of uh, of wits now between... Nigel Atkins and our very own Benji Cloak on the pod to see who comes out on top on that one. What do you reckon, Nath? <laughs> oh, Benji's a hard man to please. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but but to be fair to Benji, like he, you know, at that time he probably wasn't his biggest fan. Um, but I, I think Benji will be the same. I think if if it start the performances start showing, um, and you know we're playing well and you know the team playing well and. One thing that Benji wants, which is right and all, is that they give 100%, which is what we all want. And, you know, Benji's a very passionate lad. And um, I'm sure once we start seeing the performances of, you know, passion and, you know, attractive football, I think he'll hopefully he'll be won over. And um, But, yeah, he's going to, you know, Adkins knows he's going to, you know, he needs to win fans over. He probably knows that. But he's just going to be focused on delivering. And, and that's all we can um, judge him on, really, is the results. Mm. And to be fair, Benji did send a text today in in a group chat I'm in saying, I, uh, although I can't stand listening to his voice, I found his interview quite refreshing. So I think Benji's just got something against Scousers. Right, we've got plenty of... Uh, it's from Birkenhead, actually, by the way, if anyone's interested. Uh, we've got plenty of tweets and emails that have come in. Like, again, hundreds. So uh, again, as, as I say for, for every show at the moment, don't be offended if we don't read yours out because we've got loads and loads of tweets and emails in. Uh, but feel free to have a look, uh, particularly our Twitter mentions. You'll 
you'll see the whole gambit of opinions that people have sent in uh, to the show. Um, I, I, I wanted to know what, what people thought about about um, Nigel Adkins uh, joining us at the Valley. So I'll just pick a few at random on Twitter. Uh, Big Tone said, when it first broke yesterday, I'm not going to lie, I was slightly underwhelmed. However, sleeping on it, speaking with supporters of Southampton and listening to his interview, I now have a new positive mindset uh, looking forward to the future. And I'm glad that Johnny Jackson is staying as number two. Dan Dempsey saying, and I'm sure, uh, however, he has a good history. Three promotions in the lower leagues and only the Southampton one for the championship. Might be a tough ask for Wembley for this year but I reckon we could defo push for automatics next year. Martin Adkins, who I'm guessing, Mark, you, like, Nigel must be your dad or your uncle or something, your brother, <laughs> says, I think it's utterly marvellous. <laughs> the Charlton fan with the same surname. I think that's his, um, I think Nigel Adkins is his son, you know. Yeah, uh, it, could, it could be. It could be. I'm only yeah. joking, Mark. <laughs> Uh, we, we know Mark, we've met him before. Right, John says, uh, <laughs> uh, I have to admit, not my first choice when I saw he was lined up, uh, but very encouraged uh, by his first interview and looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the club with his knowledge and experience at this level. Jackal, uh, Jacko staying is a major plus. I'm glad he decided to. Dave Samway says Atkins has plenty of experience, which is a must. Uh, probably and most supporters would have been uh, even more delighted that Jacko, <coughs> excuse me, is staying as his assistant manager, which is important for con- uh, continuity uh, as well as he knows the players more. Dave Boy uh, says, when you get unrealistic names chucked about, it's a bandwagon, others jump on it. Let's face it, Wilder was never even on the radar. We've got an experienced manager in there, backed up by Jacko, who knows the team and can be an asset to Nigel, 100% uh, behind them. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, Sir Dar- See, I'm losing my voice for doing too many pods. Too much going on. Sir Darcy uh, says, I like the sound of this, Nigel. Someone uh, must be one of the most qualified managers we've ever employed. I'm unsure uh, how to react to a Charlton owner seemingly making a decision based on what's best for the club and not on the fact that we've got no cash. Yeah, it is. We, we, we do operate as a slightly different outfit now, don't we, Lewis? Like, we can actually make decisions and go out and, and, and get managers based on the fact, you know, we, it's not penny-pinching, it's not, well, he, he was already at the club, you know. It's, it's someone, I'm hoping, that, that Thomas you know, has had an eye on for a while and, and, and sees it as sort of an aspirational appointee in his eyes. Yeah, exactly. And, and as I say, someone that's, not just going to be here for the now, but but develop the club for the future. You know, whether he's the manager at that time or maybe Johnny Jackson does learn under him and step up in, in years to come. And the players in our academy that, that may be in the first team in a couple of years because he gave them the opportunity. You know, it's it's not just the manager for this season. It's, it's what he can do going forward. And I think it's the first time in a long time, as that tweet says, that we're actually making decisions based on the actual future of our football club rather than just as you say like scrimping and scraping just to get just to get by and and, and limping over the line it's it's really refreshing it, like he says you don't really know how to take it making sensible decisions it's it's out of our uh well i can't remember the last time we made one it's a bit confusing isn't it really not the way we normally operate we don't like change around here do we right murray anderson uh says hi guys nigel atkins as our new manager is utterly underwhelming he's one of those names hawked around whenever an efl job becomes available other than the southampton job i'm not convinced that he's ever pulled up any trees at any of his uh previous clubs i'd argue getting scunthorpe into the championship especially considering where they are now is, is, is probably good um he strikes me as the sort of character who's been to a motivational business conference and has 
disbelieved every word he's heard and spends the rest of his career regurgitating said motivational cliches in press conferences and team talks. Uh, we should have gone for a coach like Stendhal or promoted uh, Yule and Jackson from within. I'm really concerned that Boyer left us for a basket class, uh, club rather than stay for another season and rebuild our team. We're supposed to be more stable, better run and better funded uh, than we have been for years. So why did he leave? And why did Sangard fail to contact Johnny Jackson before the game on Tuesday? Jackson had to call Sangard to let him know he was taking the team for the Bristol Rovers match. All of this is setting off alarm bells for me. That's from Murray. Cheers for that, Murray. So, um, uh, well, on the on, on the bow you're going, because a couple of bits that I think someone else tweeted in about that picking up that, that Thomas said, you know, he'd been looking at potential replacements for six to eight weeks now, just as a, a backup plan. Um, and uh, uh, someone someone mentioned, oh, maybe that's why Bo left. Maybe he knew that Thomas was doing that. I mean, judging by what Thomas said and, and taking him on face value, he's saying he was doing that because he wanted to have a backup plan and therefore he was ready with the wheels in motion to move quite quickly. Now, Murray asking why Bo is happy to jump ship to a club that... You know, on the face of it, isn't particularly well well run, even if they are in the in the championship. Um, I think Thomas, you know, Thomas mentioned, as as we heard in his clip, you know, it, they could swap. I don't think Thomas was saying that as you know, taking a mick. I think he was just asked a straight question. He said, "Well, yeah, they could do." Um, I mean, Nathan, does that concern you at all? Is, is, do you think Murray's reading too much into it, or do you think there could be could be something of note there? Uh, no, not in my opinion. I don't think there's much. I mean, I know, <clears throat> obviously, Bo, you're. Uh obviously left and I just think if you can own I mean I know it's only rumours before but I mean Bo has been linked with other jobs before it might it might continue going that way and it may be one I think it'll be I think it's more efficient really and actually quite clever of Thomas to be looking at you know backup plans because if Bo all of a sudden did leave and he had nothing in mind he wouldn't have been able to make this appointment so um and then he could have been accused going, oh, well, you didn't see this coming, etc., etc. Um, Bowyer could have been sold a promise by Burnham saying, well, we're not looking likely to stay up, so we might need a real build, rebuilding job here. We'll look, give you this. We don't really know, but um, I, I won't read too much into it. I think, I mean, if you if you look, again, we've touched on it already in terms of the other sort of candidates. Stendhal is a good one. I think, I think that was mentioned on Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was, I can't remember. Um, but I think that would have been a good one. But again, we don't know the, the terms. He might not have wanted to come, you know? So I I, I can understand the, the concerns and, you know, the, the underwhelming elements that some people have and especially with the motivational. But, you know, Nigel's not stupid. He's got a degree in business and finance. You know, he's obviously knows, he's worked his way out from physiotherapy. So he's got a lot of tools um, that is, you know, management isn't just about picking 11 players and then hoping that you try to win a game of football. There's a lot more involved now in in actually physically, you know, inverted com managing players. You know, you're not just managing football, you're managing personalities, egos, trying to get the best out of people and, you know, improving players. And that's the whole big picture. Um, and I think, in my opinion, you know, Nigel um, fits fits all that criteria. Mm, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I know all about trying to manage egos uh, running this show. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't I haven't worked out how to improve people, Nath. But you know, keep keep plugging away, mate. Keep plugging away. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, that's all that matters, mate. You know, I can only, I can only try, mate. <laughs> yeah, Mike Bramley said it could be an inspired signing. Uh, too late for this season to achieve promotion, uh, but at least it may create a more positive vibe around the dressing room. Jacko will learn loads from Adkins. Bayer had lost 
lost it for the last three months. I'm pleased he's moved on. I'm sure he'll do well at Birmingham. I wish him all the best who can forget Wembley uh, 2019. P.S. Been one heck of a week for Charlton this week. Onwards and upwards. Love the Charlton Live Emergency podcast. That's from Mike Bramley. Cheers, Mike. Uh, we've got a few more emails, so I'm going to possibly say for Sunday, you know, uh, try and uh, spread them out a bit because I don't want this show to go on for hours uh, upon hours. And we do need to have a look back at the game against Bristol Rovers. And ahead uh, to the one, of course, with AFC Wimbledon, our first visit to the new Plough Lane uh, this weekend. So I'm going to take a quick break, try and get my voice to recover from all this talking I've had to do this week. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll have a quick look back at that game against Bristol Rovers. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes it's a shot. Great break. Too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but has passed him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before half time, make it two. That you're gonna be okay anyway. You know there's no Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, officially, this is the big match preview show, I guess, but it's more of a, uh, a special episode to welcome Nigel Adkins uh, to the club. The new manager signing a two-and-a-half-year deal at the Valley, assisted by Johnny Jackson. Looking forward to his first game uh, on Saturday. We've heard from him and from Thomas Sangard so far on uh, this evening's episode. Uh, don't forget, though, on Tuesday, we actually had a, a game of football against Bristol Rovers. Johnny Jackson took the side as caretaker manager and, well, he ends that spell with a 100% win ratio. Let's have a listen back to the goals from Valley Pass. Your commentators, Steve Brown, alongside Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Westbrook is uh, just trying to pick a pass forward to Younger, edge of the penalty area. It's uh, well covered by Martin and Pierce, but uh, Younger strong in the challenge. And it's a penalty, I think, uh, Medley's given because of uh, Martin's charge into what must have been a younger in the penalty box younger went over and the referee's given the penalty well, it's Leahy for Bristol Rovers who's going to take this penalty and it's into the top right hand corner of the net beyond Amos who dived the other way and Bristol Rovers are 1-0 younger into Nicholson and now Upson Upson with the shot is taken a deflection and has wrong footed Ben Amos 
And Bristol Rovers do indeed have that second. I'm not sure that's taken a deflection, actually, Greg. I think it's just the movement of the ball. Washington, ball towards the far post, cleared away. Shinny will have it again on the edge of the box. On his left foot, strikes and scores! That's a lovely finish from Andrew Shinny. And Cholna back into it. And that is exactly what the doctor ordered. We so needed that. It's a fantastic strike from Shinny. Forskowski to take over the wall and it's in! That was the side to go. It was, it was markedly smaller. The, the, the keeper's made the wall bigger on his side. Explain that to me. He's made the wall bigger on the right-hand side, even though he's covering the right-hand side. Upson with the header forward. Shinny, though, will meet it and trying to send Anike on his way. To header back, it's a risky one. And Washington with a touch off the post and he gets the rebound and buries it for John. I think it was Kilgore with a risky touch back towards the keeper. Read by Washington, got there first. Needed the touch off the post and then bury the third goal for the Addicts. And the comeback is absolutely complete. I know we've still got time to run for them to find an equaliser, but that is a super comeback. Send this in. It's a low one and cleared away by Forster Kasky. Can Anike get there? Dave will have to jump with this. And foot. Anike gets... Gets his head there first. Is that a red card? Yes, it is. As Dave just cleaned out. Jackson Anike, who's so brave in getting there first. I almost choked when I saw the, the clash. And uh, Anike's still down. And unfortunately for Bristol Rovers, Dave's got to go. He has to go. And I tell you what, that is extremely brave of Chuckston, not he never took his eye off the ball for one moment, knowing he was going to take an absolute hit. Pierce and Fanwell there to deal with it, and it doesn't matter because there's the whistle from referee Medley. And Charlton have got the victory. Johnny Jackson's first victory as manager. Well, 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 what an absolutely magic evening that was uh, at the Valley, and, and for those of you watching at home as well, you know, coming from... from 2-0 down and, and to win it late on, uh, you know, under the stewardship of Jacko. I think one of the, one of the games that, you know, I, I, I'd certainly never, haven't celebrated too many goals as much as I had the, that third goal uh, inside the Valley so far this season because you, the will to win for, for Jacko, for me, was, was just massive. And obviously coming back from 2-0 down as well as, you know, uh, fairly typical of, of, I'd say, all of our home performances this season. Um, Lewis, I wouldn't say it was that different to many under Bo, really. You know, we went behind mistakes that, that cost us Ian Marks and giving away a penalty uh, that looked clear-cut to me. Ben Amos, don't know what on earth he was doing for the second goal, just caught out uh, by the swerve, it seemed, a little bit. Um, but then we came back into it, and, and unlike the Swindon or the Plymouth or the Rochdale games, we actually went on to find a winner late on as well. Yeah, we did. And, and as you say, the disappointing start. And I was kind of head in the hands for Jacko straight away because, you know, when you see 2-0 down and given our, our home record this season, it, it wasn't really looking too promising. But to get back into it before half-time as well, it was a real great character and, and two great goals as well from from Shinny and, and from Jake as well. Um, two quality finishes. And found ourselves back in it. And that second half was was a real a real determined and, and a real passionate performance and we ended up getting our reward for it and, and winning the game late on and yeah I mean I, I think there was a there was a reaction I think in that second half I think that was a really spirited display and I, I think we really did perform well um, and it just do do the players the world are good as well to know you know we've been in that position a few times and, and we've not as I mean it was a stat was wasn't it to come to come back from behind. The last time we did that was the playoff final. Yeah, you know? and to, to win a game having conceded the first goal. Obviously, we came, we came from yeah. behind to be like Wimbledon and stuff. But yeah, that's the first time 
that we've we've won a game having conceded first since the playoff final, which is incredible because the amount of goals we concede, you think we've had a chance to try that loads of times. Um, Nathan, obviously, um, the, the team news beforehand, Watson and Prattley on the bench, Forster, Kasky and Shinny coming in, and all of a sudden, even though it took... It did take that half an hour. I thought we were dreadful in the opening half an hour or so. But all of a sudden, we had a midfield that looked quite mobile and, and creative. And, and uh, you know, the two of them got on the score sheet with, with excellent finishes to haul us back level before half time. And that was big as well, because I think if, if we'd been 2-0 down for, for much longer than we were, I think we would have struggled to, you know, mentally grow back into that game. Yeah, I think, I mean, the only, when the team come out, I mean, it was positive to say the least and uh, but my only concern was just that little bit of discipline in the middle of the pitch which um, I know some people not a fan of Prattley or Watson all playing together um, but I felt that we it's just whether or not the discipline was going to be there in the centre of the pitch and if we'd get overrun and the first um, obviously the second goal um, again it's just like another pop shot and it's gone in and I'm sitting there thinking, have we gone a bit too gung-ho here? Um, um, but luckily for us, we kept playing. We kept playing and um, they, they looked knackered after a while. Um, Bristol, they looked on their feet and they just sat deeper and deeper and let us play. And it was inevitable for me for, that we was going to win the game. But as you say, the the, the goal just before half-time, which was an absolute techers from uh, Shiniesta, which... Listen, he's he's doing week in week out more or less when he plays. He's always he's always involved, and um, it was so key to get that um, goal. And, I, and even though it was disappointing going two 0 down, when we got the two one back, it wasn't you know I wasn't panicking really. It was just interesting, uh, <laughs> saying how we're going to do it this time. And um, luckily we did. But yeah, no, he, he went positive. He did go positive. I'd be surprised if he does it again, or if Nigel does that on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be hard to drop whoever, you know, if he does bring Ben or uh, Pratt's back in to give it a little bit more discipline, it's going to be hard to drop any of them. Mm, yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously we can't uh, skirt around the issues at the back again, Lewis. You know, that that, that challenge from, from Martin was probably unnecessary and, and, and a clear penalty. Uh, I want to talk about Ben Amos, actually. Now, there's been quite a few long shots where, you know, I, I, I have sort of said, you know, Sometimes it's a good hit and there's not a great deal the goalkeeper can do about it. I'm not going to say that for for Saturday, uh, for, for Tuesday, I should say, for Ed Upson's shot from, from long range. I mean, yeah, it's worth, but I mean, Ben will be very disappointed with himself because, it, I, I don't know, it will certainly feel he could have done better there. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, from from the first glance watching it at home, I thought maybe it had taken a deflection or something, but obviously on second viewing, that wasn't the case. Um, and And it's a real shame because we know how good of a keeper Ben Amos can be. You know, he had that stint earlier on in the season where we had all those clean sheets on the spin. He was outstanding for us in our in our season, you know, the first sort of half season under Bo, um when we when we lost to Shrews in the in the playoffs. That that season he was he was fantastic when he came in. Um so we know we know he can do it and he, and it's not been disappointing every game but that as you say sometimes there have been the odd occasion where I I do think like maybe he could have done better and it does seem to be the the long rangers that catch him out. I mean we're like renowned for conceding screamers, aren't we? At the Valley especially. But as you say, I don't think you could really consider Tuesday nights as a screamer. I just think he got caught out. Maybe he got he thought it was going to go one way and, and he committed his body, but it just looked like he was completely lost and fell backwards. But, you know, it, it's, it was very incredibly disappointing. I mean, I was, I was sort of baffled as to how it had gone in, but, um, you know, it's just, just as well we managed to claw ourselves back into the game before the break because then we had the second half to recover. 
Mm. Now, and, and obviously we've been singing the praises of, of Connor Washington, his fourth goal uh, in eight days at the Valley, um, Nathan, this week. And, you know, I mean, we, we, we've been saying how, how much we've enjoyed him, but even I didn't think he had the audacity to try and play a one-two with a post before scoring a goal. I mean, that's just taking a mick. <laughs> yeah, I think we spoke about, I can't remember which one it was. I don't know if it was Monday. It was, must have been the one before talking about how... Um... How when we play Jaden and Chucks together, I think we become a bit too one-dimensional. Um, and he and Connor what offers us something different. And I think he does that. He kept going on the shoulder and he was pulling out. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's his work ethic which surprises me. Uh, surprises me, which impresses me. I mean, uh, Nigel Atkins had someone um, before when um, when he got Martin Patterson in. I think it was, and he's a similar player. So I think Nigel knows what he's going to get with Connor. Um, but yet sometimes you don't get both. Sometimes you don't get a player that works hard for the team and can finish. You usually get that, you know, the workhorse, and then everyone else reaps the rewards. But um, it's good to see that Connor's, you know, pulling up trees now, and um, he's doing well. So, but I mean, yeah, good finish um, from Connor. Uh, yeah, just doing a cheeky little one-two, which is quite. If he tried doing that again, I bet he wouldn't do it. But um, and also, I'm just just thinking about bravery of Connor. It's just that that header from Chucks when he got sent off, absolute machine. I don't even know why the keeper done it. I wouldn't even bother trying to get that from Chucks. To be honest, I was going, "Go on, mate, you have it." But um, <laughs> now, please for Connor though, because he he, he got criticised. Um, I don't think he done too much wrong. I don't think we were playing to his strengths personally. But he's come back, a better player. He looks sharp. He looks fresh, and he looks fit. So, yeah, more you know, more of the same would be brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, non-stop running, isn't it? You get from from Connor Washington, and, and and glad to see he's continued with with with, with the goals as well. Uh, yeah, excellent haul he's had this week for a goal haul uh, in the space of eight days uh, at the Valley. Um, I mean, just before we look ahead to Wimbledon, Lewis, we should mention, obviously, because it was Jacko's team, they very much played in the Jacko spirit, didn't they? I said it to him afterwards, you know, asking him, did, did he think that his, his playing style must rubbed off on him because they, you know, 2-0 down, coming back to 3-2. How many times did we see that when Jacko was playing? You know, Cardiff, obviously the one that stands out. Remember that one away at Sheffield Wednesday where we saw the hat-trick from Marvin Sordell. Um, you know, that, that never-say-die spirit is something that Jacko absolutely epitomised during his spell. And scoring free kicks as well because I thought that one he scored against uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. I think Jake's, uh, Jake's uh, free kick just before half-time to make it 2-2 wasn't too dissimilar to that. No, not at all. I think I tweeted that out at the time. Actually, it was a it was a free kick that Jacko would have been proud of. That's for sure. And you, you're right. I mean, the the performance overall, as you say, the first half hour wasn't that great. We got ourselves in a bit of a bad position. We showed the spirit to get back into it just before half time, and then that second half showing was fantastic, and we created so many chances. And as you say, that never say die attitude that that Jacko had as a player, I, I felt really rubbed off on on the side. And obviously, we, we left it a little bit late, but we we managed to to sneak a winner in and just touching on what Nate said there with Connor I mean uh, he's just been fantastic hasn't he recently and that again that's a, a real showing of, of players that you want around the place because he's taken the criticism and and he's gone with it and he's bettered himself and he's I mean he's turning into a real key player for us at the moment so yeah I was I was really happy Tuesday night and, and probably the same feelings to, to you really that it, it was more than just the win it was also that win for Jacko because it, it, I, I felt it was weird. I felt quite proud to see him as as the manager because he's been around for so long. Um, with and he's a club legend, you know. And it, and it felt, as you say, it was it was a Jacko performance without him being on the pitch. And um, yeah, massively pleased. And and a three two win 
coming from behind as well. It will do the players the world of good for confidence and, and we'll go into Saturday now with a real spring in our step and hopefully that'll kick us on from there. Excellent stuff. Well, let's talk about Saturday then. Nathan Wimbledon are not quite rock bottom. They're sitting third from bottom, uh, two points shy of safety. They've got a game in hand on, on all the sides around them. Everyone around them has played 35. Wimbledon uh, are on the 34, but I have to say they're not playing particularly well at the moment. They've gone seven games, is it, without a win, or six games, I should say. Uh, last win was a 1-0 home win over Gillingham uh, back on the 23rd of February. Got points off Bristol Rovers and, and Wigan recently, sides around them, you know, that they'll look at that as uh, as something, I guess, but really they need to start turning these into threes. Now, a Charlton side going to, to a Wimbledon team um, on the back of the run we're on, and don't forget we are on a run now, you know, Bo promised we would be on one, and we are, we're on five games uh, unbeaten, uh, won three of those, drawn two, you know, quietly snuck back into the playoff places you know not we don't get carried away when I have but you know because the sides around us still have at least two games in hand but we are on a run and if we keep that up under big Nige then then maybe we have got a chance of sneaking in so it's going to be a fascinating game on Saturday yeah it will be I think obviously AFC and um, obviously the, the recent games there's not been a lot of goals in it they've like a lot of the one nils nil nils one alls and you know the likes like that so um but yeah, I mean, with with Wimbledon, they they are what they are. They try and be organised. They try and keep it tight. And I mean, the main threat really is Joe Piggott, isn't it? So um, if you can keep Joe quiet, because I mean, he scored a worldie against us in the home game. Um, if you can keep him quiet, um, then you're you're probably gonna get a result from the game. So I think that's going to be the key. Um, and I think Joe will, will probably, you know, if there's a chance there that we give him, like we have done in recent games and did on Tuesday, if we give him a chance, he's going to take it. Wait, so. He's in a bit of a goal drought at the moment, actually. Mm. He's looking, he's in eight, eight games without a goal. But obviously, that means nothing when you're playing your former yeah. club. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fascinating. I mean, from, from a Charlton point of view, Lewis, you know, we, we saw those two changes that, that were made on, on Tuesday. And I think, you know, people were quite pleased with that even though you know defensively we made some mistakes I wonder if I wonder if Purrington might be given another chance ahead of Martin after you know after that era you know um is, is there any change would you agree with that is there any changes you'd like to see big Nige make you know I, I guess when you're a new manager do you want to try and shake things up too early in your first game before you've really got to know the players yeah it's an interesting one isn't it I mean I I agree I think Perrington is probably the change I'd like to see I mean he wasn't on the bench the other night so I, I don't know if there's a fitness issue there um with I mean with Matson, he's just he's made a couple of errors and at the moment maybe he's having a bit of a patch he could do with coming out of the side and Ben's looked fairly stable when he's been in there um so that's the change I'd like to see but I mean apart from that going off the back of Tuesday you know a win you, you I don't think I'd really want to change it um I liked the creative setup we had in midfield. I, d- I did feel we were maybe a little bit exposed, um, as Nave said, just having that sort of assurance and backup, having one of Prattley or Watson maybe playing at the base uh, or, or slotting in the centre somewhere uh, to protect the back four. Um, but apart from that, I, d- I don't think I'd change it. Um, I, maybe unless unless Chucks came in over, over Stockley, but... Um, to play alongside Washington. But apart from that, I'd, I'd keep it fairly similar. I, th- I thought the midfield worked quite well. I think if I was to make a change in the midfield, if I had to, I'd maybe take Albie out for Prattley just for that, um, just for a little bit of shoring up uh, defensively. But off the, off the back of a win, I, I don't think you'd want to change it. And, we, and with Nigel as well, just coming in, I think 
he maybe won't have a huge amount of time to stamp his authority just yet. It might be a good, just another game of, of Jacko kind of putting his team forward and, and Nigel assessing what he's got. And then, like we said earlier on, he's got that international break to maybe work out a more longer term um, way of setting up the team. Excellent stuff. Right, we've already gone over time on uh, this week's uh, Charlton Live, the big match preview, sort of, whatever it is uh, you want to call this show, the Nigel Adkins arrival special. Um, so we're going we're gonna to cut it off there. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday uh, after the AFC Wimbledon game. Hopefully, uh, get to speak to Nigel after the game, of course. Uh, we'll have uh, all the reaction to whatever happens over at Plough Lane, our first visit to Plough Lane. Uh, looking forward to that game very much. But for now, we will say goodbye. So thank you to Nathan, to Lewis for joining me. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. Good to Up have, the Alex. Yeah, good to have you both uh, with me. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Sunday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.